Worldwide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. Well, respectfully, Mr. Pittman, that's where you and I differ. I am promoting it. Well, you got a we'll bar you about. Nice cold. You got a bar about yeah. 15 feet away from you. I sure hope you're promoting it over there. Yeah, I forgot you were out here before. Isn't that crazy? There's a full-service bar right here, Sooner Station. Oh, yeah. Uh, awesome lounge. I'm sitting in front of the big-screen TV where everyone was gathered around watching OU softball earlier in their run-rule win. Uh, overlooks the, the pool that's outside, all kinds of nice outdoor furniture. Not the day you want to be sitting outside, obviously, but going to be really cool once the weather gets better. This place is awesome. Yeah, I did a keg stand there at uh, 5 p.m. last Friday. Yeah. That's why I picked uh, Tawi Walker to rush for 87 yards in the spring game. Didn't quite get there. I'll blame it on the uh, 5 p.m. Uh, keg stand that happened. No, that's our uh, Friday at 5 tradition. I, ge- I guess the question now is how many times a year will we get to see old Sam Pittman? Because the smaller budget schools in the SEC – want the 1-7 schedule formats. The bigger budget schools in the SEC want the 3-6 schedule formats. Uh, mm. Much like anything else in this world, I'm going to guess the, the teams with the bigger pockets, the deeper pockets, are probably going to get their way on this one. And in about three or four weeks, we're talking about the SEC with OU and Texas with the uh, 3-6 schedule model. At least that's my guess. Yeah. Can you explain to me why the lower budget schools would only want eight conference games? Eat like one less SEC game for like you know it, it it their schedule's easier, thus making it easier to get to six wins in a bowl game. And I know I know you're rolling your eyes and you hate that old thing, but I'm just telling you why those lower budget schools e- easier way to get to six wins in a bowl game would be my guess. Yeah, in who fact, cares I think, about a bowl? In a fact, bowl I think game, that was cited in the story that I read. Well, that's that's actually dumb because the the bowl games that they'll be going to are actually going to end up costing them money. That's true. More than they're going to get. They do. Do you think it has more to do with playing four non-conference games gives them more of an opportunity to get paid to play non-conference games? Well, individually. I mean, which SEC schools are getting paid to go on the road? Like Vanderbilt, maybe, but yeah. or like, or any? Is there any other SEC school that gets a check to go play a road game somewhere? I don't know. That's why I just don't understand. Like the bowl game thing, and I guess maybe for recruiting, it's better, um, and you can you can stack more wins. But 
mean, people aren't stupid. They can see that, oh, they won six games. They won four crappy non-conference games, and, you know, they beat whoever. I don't think that that is going to get you anywhere when it comes to recruiting. I could be wrong. It's not, go- it's not going to change their situation all that much. I mean, if you're winning six games most years, it normally means that you haven't had a whole lot of success historically recruiting. And if you haven't had a whole lot of success historically recruiting, you're probably not after just winning six games. But I, look, I, they're going to decide in Destin coming up in like four or five weeks. I think I, I think it's going to be a three-six scheduling model. That's that's. If, the, if that's what the bigger schools want, I'm sure that's what the bigger schools get. That's what's that's where the, the, the money's at for the SEC. It just makes sense to play more conference games. I'd be shocked if it wasn't the 3-6 model. Oh, uh, I feel bad for those schools. Can you imagine only winning six games, probably getting blown out by your rival, uh, and then going to a, a bowl game and losing? Is that really what they want? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to uh, just explain last year's season for Oklahoma. <laughs> Too soon, okay? Too soon. Yeah. But, yeah, that's – they didn't get blown out in the bowl game, okay? They should have won that game against I Florida did, State. I didn't say blown out. I you said, said biggest lose. rival. Blown out by their biggest rival. That's right. Yeah. That's well, right. I, I I guess just the, uh, joking. Too early. Too too soon. It, yeah, it is too soon. the The big it's not a hold up, but the big question with the three six model is the SEC currently has a rule you got to play at least one Power Five non conference game. Is that the still is that still going to be the case if you add one more SEC league game out there? Which I I would be I'd be for that. You're yeah. required to play one Power Five team in the non con. Nine SEC games. For a season ticket holder like myself, that is the most bang for uh, my and everyone else's buck. So let's do that, please. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, is there really that much of a difference? And I, I there is, but still. Why are teams so hesitant? There's a bunch of bad Power 5 teams that you could choose from. You know, there's more bad than I, good in the Power Five. I, you don't always have to pick, you know, non-Power Five schools or even worse, uh, and win seventy to zero. I, I, I don't know that that does anything for anybody. It doesn't do anything for fans. It doesn't make your football team any better. I, I understand if you don't want a a challenge that is going to put your team to the test and you go out there and it's a bloodbath and you lose four or five guys to injury and barely sneak out of there with a win. I'm not saying you have to schedule a game like that, but just go to the Big Ten. There's like 15 teams in the Big Ten that are Power 5 schools and they suck. So SEC Big Ten Challenge uh, every non-conference. That's 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 what I'm for. SEC Big Ten Challenge, like they do in uh, basketball, but they used to do it with Big 12 SEC. I'd be up yeah. for something like that. Anything, whatever, I don't care. Uh, text line says, as a season ticket holder for 18 years, I don't care what model they go with as long as we get out of this friggin' conference. My life goals. One, OU to get out of the Big 12. Two, OU gets rid of kicking for chicken. I'm halfway home, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh, that's great. 
Well, um, I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like Oklahoma's non-conference schedule is going to have a Power Five team. Yeah, Brent, uh, Brent said as much uh, a few months ago. He said, I, I mean, I think he said something to the effect of like Joe and I haven't talked about it extensively, but. He believes that the same philosophy will, you know, be the same philosophy moving forward. You have one like, you know, good non-conference opponent, and then it kind of tears down from there. But at least like one pretty good, or at least like known name, like a name brand every single year. Right. Well, so think about Oklahoma. We we automatically lose a a home game every other year. Okay, and I know that you technically are a home team and you can have recruits um, at the Cotton Bowl for OU Texas. I I understand that, but it's I think everyone understands that it's not the same. Right. So if you've got limited home games to begin with, for example, um, we're at Tulsa this this coming season, but typically it would be Arkansas State, SMU and Tulsa at home. For the non-conference, right? Okay, you've got three non-conference games, but I those are opportunities to to have an environment that recruits and fans really want to be a part of. And I know they're going to sell out anyways, right? Because people pay for season tickets; they're going to be there. They enjoy being there. But if you're going to do it, why not at least have something where people have a little bit of something to look forward to. I'm not saying it has to be Michigan. I'm not saying it has to be uh, Florida State. or I'm not saying that. But it should at least be a Power 5 football team that people know. Um, hey, you may be recruiting against them for a kid that wants to come to that game, and it's a great opportunity to show the recruit how horrible they are. You know what I'm saying? It's like. I, I just don't. So understand. you'll take an Oregon State over uh, what they yes. have, just just someone, dude. I'm I'm with you. On Arizona. That. I'm fine. Yeah. Colorado. But it's something but, new too, right? Like I know it's. I guess it's been a while since OU played Arkansas State, but regardless, nobody cares about Arkansas State, and I'm not saying anyone necessarily really cares about Oregon State, but it's a lot more exciting from a fan perspective. It mean it it, and maybe Oregon State's not the right example, and I know it can be difficult that. Not everyone is just a willing participant to say, sure, we'll go get hammered by Oklahoma in the non-conference. Why not? Uh, I know it's not that easy, but my goodness, if you've got the opportunity, you've only got so many a year, and it's not all that many, especially for Oklahoma, make it something that people want to show up for. We got a good football team. Go let them, go let them prove it in front of, in front of fans. Uh, OU should go play Rutgers. They have never played them before. Rutgers might be the only Power 5 team that it's like, eh, it's about as good as playing a, a non-Power 5. I, I'm kidding a little bit there, but Rutgers isn't doing a whole lot for me. Uh, Rutgers? Bringing them to well, Norman. Um, how about Rutgers? How about Indiana? How about Northwestern? How about, sorry, Nebraska? Dude, the Big Ten is full of just well who's not ohio state michigan penn state and maybe wisconsin though they were pretty average last year like there's there's some there's definitely some years where how many teams 14 teams in the big 10 
three are good to really good, and the rest of the 11 are basically all the same. Purdue and Maryland and Indiana and Nebraska and Iowa and Wisconsin and Michigan State and everyone else, like, throw them into a hat. They're essentially all the same. Right. Yeah, Iowa is routinely a team that finishes in, you know, one, two, sometimes maybe three of the Big Ten West. And they lost to Iowa State last year and mustered seven points against them, which we all know how good Iowa State is, right? But Iowa State, what were they, like three and eight last year? Uh, well, you played 12. Yeah, I think you played 12 regular season games. I think they're they're four and eight or five and seven, one, 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 one of those. Didn't make a ball. Uh, just, it frustrates me to hear the, the Illinois chancellor, which, you know, what do you think of yourselves when you're calling your university president a chancellor? I mean, already right there, it's 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 weird. But the the things that you read that he said about the Big Ten, dude, you're not pulling the wool over the eyes of anyone with that ridiculous statement. Well, there, I, there's a lot asinine. of insecurity with that, and I'm going to go back and find the exact quote for the people that missed it, but it was like trying really hard to sell everyone else on how awesome the Big Ten is. And if the Big Ten's really that awesome, you don't need the Iowa Chancellor to say that the Big Ten Illinois. is the, or the, uh, yeah, the Illinois, yeah, seriously, that the Big Ten is the nation's premier athletic conference and that the commissioner's job is the most important most visible and most sought-after leadership role in all of intercollegiate athletics. That's just stupid. It's just stupid. The Big Ten is a good conference. It's a great conference. Second best. But just to act like that is, oh, my gosh, it's so dumb. It doesn't even, it makes everyone roll their eyes. They don't even take you seriously. Instead of, considering how good the Big Ten commissioner job may be, everyone shuts down immediately and says, this guy's an idiot, that's a stupid job, nobody wants it, right? You, you don't have to oversell everything like that. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Uh, we need to schedule like Colorado, only one Power 5 school all hey. year long. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a bit jealous of Colorado's schedule. They get to play Nebraska and they get to play USC. Throw those two games on OU schedule, and we got a party. Mm. Yeah, they've got they. Are, so they play Nebraska this year. That's their Colorado first. Does? That's their first home game of the year. They, they go play t- TCU too, don't they're they? They're at TCU. They're already a twenty-one point dog in that game, and they're a seven and a half point dog uh, week two hosting Nebraska. Early lines, of course. Dang. Hey. Um, I guess, was that their athletic director trying to drive the program into the absolute ground scheduling? uh, Oh, yeah, he'll drive it into the ground. But, buddy, they're going to make a ton of money this year. Um, Their home games, oh, my gosh, look at their home games. Nebraska, Colorado State. I know who cares about Colorado State, but at least like a rivalry there, right? USC, Stanford stinks, but you got Oregon State on there, Arizona. Dude. Colorado, like, they may win one or two games again this year, but Colorado's home schedule is about ten times better than what OU has this year. Nebraska, mm. USC, Oregon State, Colorado State, Arizona, dang. They're, they're I'd kill schedule. for that schedule. 
th- their schedule is brutal. They play the national champion runner-up to start the season, then Nebraska, uh, Colorado State, whatever. Or they're at Oregon. They're going to be really good. USC at home, uh, Heisman Trophy winner coming to the uh, their house. At UC, dude, that schedule is brutal, and they end at the Pac-12 at Utah. champ. Yeah, who played in the Rose Bowl last year? Oof. That's nuts. They may be way better than they were a year ago, and still go one. You didn't even say at UCLA, and UCLA had their best yeah. year last year, I think, in quite some time, in a while. Yeah, that's wild. Never Good thought luck, I would Dion. want something that Colorado has, but here we are. I would love their home schedule. Dang, that play, that must be awesome, that program. I actually think uh, I – forget Colorado. I think I'd take anyone's home schedule right now. Pick I, a pick a random just you, totally you, – You pick a ran, – just pick a random school, and I'll, I'll Google it and see what see what comes up. Um, um, let's see. I'll go with Indiana. Indiana, oh boy, their basketball schedule is going to pull up if I put Indiana's schedule. <laughs> Which is going uh, to prove the point even further about how much better their home schedule is I've going to it. be. Uh, I've got I, it. I, open up with Ohio State well, at home. Th- close it out. There it is. It's already better. Doesn't even matter yep. what we hear after this. They start off with four home games. Ohio State, Indiana State, Louisville, uh, Akron. Then they're at Maryland, at Michigan, Rutgers at home. Uh, at Penn State, Wisconsin at home, at Illinois, Michigan State at home, at Purdue. Yeah, they got Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State all at home. Uh, Once again, that's not just better. That's about (laughs) ten times better than OU's home schedule. Wait a second. We've got UCF and um, who else? No, we're going to Kansas. TCU. TCU's the TCA, big home game. Hey, there we go. TCU's the big home game. Hosting the reigning. Uh, I'm not even uh, going to correct you that Indiana actually plays Louisville in Indianapolis because the point still stands. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Louisville would be the fourth best home game that they have. Louisville would be OU's second best home game. Maybe the best. Why did they – is that something they always do? Uh, no, nah, I, I think it's just something random. I don't know. They're playing at Lucas Oil. But Indiana, like, I don't think we need to look anywhere else. Indiana was a great selection, and it took us all of about one game for it to be better than OU's home schedule. <sighs> yeah. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit us on the text on 651-3439. Hanging out at Sooner Station today. We'll be back. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. How good does it feel to shop Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman? Huge savings are back good, like $8,000 off the 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee or $6,800 off the 2022 Renegade and $5,500 off the 2022 Compass during the Jeep Celebration. Turn your dreams into a reality. I just want to give a shout-out to Sooner Nation uh, for supporting me since day one, since I got to Oklahoma. A uh, young kid from D.C., uh, just being behind me, uh, rooting for me and the guys on the field week in and week out. And I want to uh, really say thank you to Coach B for everything he's done for me, um, recruiting me from D.C., and just being on me, uh, coaching me hard, teaching me things, everything I need to know to get where I am today. So a lot of it is because of you. So I just want to thank everybody and definitely thank Sooner Nation and Coach B. 
There's Anton Harrison after being drafted number 27 overall to the Jacksonville Jags last night. He'll be protecting Trevor Lawrence for the next several years. Anton set to make around $13.1 million over the next four years. Probably going to be around a $6.5 million signing bonus. Congrats to uh, Anton for being a first-round pick. He mentioned Bill Biedenboe there. When I think of Bill Biedenboe as an offensive line coach, I think of intense I think of demanding. What do you think is the best overall trait for Bill Biedenboe as a, as an O-line coach after he gets his first first-rounder last night? Um, man, his best overall trait. I, I just – I think it's it's got to be the, the technique and uh, fundamentals because – Clearly, and I know that Anton Harrison was his first first-round draft pick, which is crazy. We all think that's crazy. Why do we think it's crazy? Because we see player after player that he's coached in the league signing huge deals, starting on teams, um, playing really good football. I mean, like he's the got best a, at their position. I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of really really good players that he coached in the NFL, and it's like. You can't pick where people are going to draft your players, but, you know, the guys that go to the league end up playing for a long time. You know, it's it's something that's been routine for him. So there's something there, and my guess is it's got to be the fundamentals, the technique, um, the the attitude and effort that his guys play with. I mean, that that carries over no matter no matter what, right? You can't always have – the biggest, the most athletic guys, but you can always really hone in on fundamentals, technique, and attitude and effort, and that's what his guys do. That's what I would say is his best his best attribute. The offensive line, fair to say that it's a question mark going into this year, and yeah, it hasn't been up to to standards the past two to three years. I am uh, like just in terms of the overall future, like for the next three to four years, with the young players that they have in. With the structure of the program as it currently sits, yeah, I'm, I, it's a question mark for me this year. One of the biggest question marks. But, man, I, I feel like he's going to get that offensive line back to where it was in 2018, 2017, 2019, kind of that range. Like, I, I think that this is a program structure more fit for him or, or more that he likes. And I like some of those young offensive linemen that he's brought in in last year's class. No I, doubt. I, I feel – now, the level of defensive line is going to be a little bit different. I understand that, but I would say I'm optimistic about the three- to four-year outlook of the offensive line. Um, yeah, the future is bright for the offensive line. Um, they've recruited really well. They, they like uh, you know all of the guys that they've brought in, and, and all of them aren't here yet, obviously, um, but from the 23 class. But you're all already off to a really good start with Caden Green and Bates. Um, they really like Bates. He's he's you know he's got a ways to go, but you know just as far as the the root things that you have to have to have success at the center position, which is where he's going to play, uh, he's got those. He's going to need a redshirt year perhaps, and and maybe he can put on some weight, gain some strength by by the time we're playing football in, in the fall, and and he can factor in a little bit more, but. Um, 
you know, he's not going to be a starter this year if, if things go the way they should, and, and Rain will have that spot. But you look at Sexton from last year's class, showed a lot of promise. They really like him. Uh, they like Jake Taylor. Um, Caden Green has a chance to start next year as a true freshman. Um, I think there's, I think there's a, a decent chance. You know, he started at left tackle in the spring game because Walter Rouse was out. Now, you hope to get Walter Rouse back with, after the shoulder routine. Everything seems to be going as planned with that. Um, he's got a ton of experience. He should get up to speed really quickly. Um, but I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Caden Green is starting yeah. at one of the guard spots. Well, I, I hope I'm right about the three- to four-year outlook of the offensive line. And not yeah. that you can ever hide a weak offensive line, even in the Big 12. But, you know, I mean, I, I guess you can do some things in this league to help aid that quite a bit. Same thing with the defensive line in the Big 12. Like, you can just have a really good offense and overcome that. But I don't think that really happens in the SEC, man. If you're weak up front on either side, uh, you're going to get exposed, and you're probably going to get exposed on a weekly basis in that conference. So I hope I'm right about the – I think I am. But I hope I'm right about the outlook of the O-line in that league. I think the the outlook of the offensive line right now for the future is – Really, really bright. It's better than the defensive line. But I, I'm i not bleak on the future of the defensive line. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer. And you're going to need, you're going to need a little bit of luck. Uh, you need They need to hit on a transfer portal guy. Yeah. They're just going to have to. Sure. Uh, and we haven't necessarily done that yet. And I'm not saying that we've whiffed on everything it's just it's there's the guys just aren't available right it the the good players are going to to places where they're going to make you know half a million dollars in nil so uh it's it's a very very difficult market but they're recruiting well i think they're going to land a couple of, of really good guys this year but it would go a long way if they could land a a legit transfer portal interior defensive lineman that can play a year or two to bridge the gap until your recruits are uh, in a position where they can not just play but be impact players. Text line says, this is from the 405, Logan Howland will be a first-round draft pick at right tackle. Uh, Okay, Logan Howland. Who's that? He's one of the uh, four offensive linemen that you're bringing in for the uh, 23 class. He's the kid from New Jersey, 6'7", 280. Oh, uh, is he the uh, – Yeah, he's the kid the that tied you – tight end? Well, he, yeah. He's the kid that you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right I really way. like that kid. Ended up being now, a four-star. Um, I don't know. All I've seen is, like, some of his highlights and some of his high school film. Um, obviously needs to get bigger, needs to put weight on, needs to get stronger. But just the way that he moved, I really liked him. We'll see. You know, I I would say that – and I even liked – what was it, the Ozeda kid from Heath Washington Heath State? Heath Ozeda, who famously broke one of our uh, lawn chairs uh, during the pre, <laughs> during one of the ref pregame shows last year. That's right. That's right. I, yeah, I, I think that – I think this class could end up being really, really good. Uh, 405, I bet Bill Biedenbow did a happy dance when Jerry Schmidt came back at OU Blinker, bro. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, you know, Coach Schmidt was here whenever 
you know, they developed that 2017 group uh, that was really, really good. Was it 17 they won the best offensive line in the country or 18? I think it was 18 when they won yeah. the Joe Moore Award. I'm pretty sure it was – I think it was with Kyler in 2018, I want to say. Yeah, uh, 5-8-0, because right. LSU won it in 19. Yeah. I think OU was 18. And then it, I think Michigan's won it like the past two years, right? I think they were – they may have – I think they were runner-up in 17 and 19. Maybe Georgia uh, it, won it in 17. I can't remember exactly who it was. I'll look at that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This one is from the 580. Do you guys think Jaron Kanick will be the best player on defense this year? I love the way he plays and thinks he will be a huge difference maker on that defense. No. I don't think he's going to be the best player on the defense this year. But let me say this. I hope he is. If Kanick is the best player on defense, then that tells me that he's going to be the best linebacker in the conference. And I think he's going to get to that level, but I would be surprised if it happened this year. He, you got to understand that the kid has – he came to OU with no linebacker background, never played the position before. I think he was a quarterback. Um, he – has tremendous athletic ability. He's got tremendous upside. He's going to get there. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I think, um, you probably heard me say this before, but I think this year for Canick is going to look a lot like last year for Stutzman. There's going to be some wow moments. There's going to be some bad games. There's going to be some mistakes. But by the end of the year, he's going to be playing much better football than he was whenever we started off. He'll look like a totally different player. And then, at that point, he's going to take off, and he'll be a stud. That's my uh, outlook. And I think that – and that's if he maintains a starting position because I I do think that Kobe McKenzie is going to have something to say about that. But I think the next year, not this coming season, but the following season – I would forecast it right now that you have Canick and Kobe McKenzie as your two inside backers. Look out. Yeah. Uh, 2018 OU won the Joe Moore Award. 2017 <laughs> was Notre Dame. 2019 LSU. 2020 Alabama. 2021 Michigan. 2022 Michigan. So, a who's who list there. Yeah. Nice. Need to get back in that group. Uh, yeah, would be nice. But it's interesting so, OU won it in 18, Heisman Trophy winner. LSU won it in 19, Heisman Trophy winner. Alabama won it in 20, Heisman Trophy winner. Who won it in 21? 21. Michigan's won it the past two years. Okay, Michigan won it in 21 and 22. Yeah. The point is, it sure helps if you have a, uh, well, I don't know, it's the chicken or the egg. Did the Heisman Trophy winner? winner win it because he had the best offensive line or did that player help out the offensive line uh, let me to see get them 2019 the joe burrow i don't think it matters <laughs> he played <laughs> he played it he's played a tough against a tough or with a tough offensive line in cincinnati the past two years right and he yeah. still found a way to make it to one super bowl and uh, just miss another yeah so joe joe burrow's the outlier here we can't factor him into this conversation yep yeah. um all right we're late for a timeout let's hit a quick break 
More from the rush coming up. Keep the text coming, 651-3439. Hanging out at Sooner Station today. We'll be back. Talking Sooner football is what we... Great Plains Kubota get a Z2310 turn for just $5,099. Plus, with annual service specials, including free blades, it's a no-brainer not to shop the brand that serves. Visit our showrooms today or online at greatplainskubota.com. Again, greatplainskubota.com. Riverway Casino and Hotel, bringing you this hour of the rush as we take you home on a Friday. It's time to fill up that stat sheet, brought to you by Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. A short drive to big savings, Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, I-40 and exit 125. So we've had a fun little tradition with this segment during softball season. Uh, both of us try to predict who's going to hit the most home runs for OU softball through the weekend. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, can't decide which one. We already have one game in the books, and fortunately, they won eight to nothing. So we're still going to do it. But here's who's already on the board this weekend for home runs. Mm-hmm. All right, Jada Coleman hit one today. Grace Lyons hit one today. Alyssa Brito hit one today. And Kenzie Hansen hit a home run today. All right? So four players have already hit one home run this weekend. With that, with that information at your disposal, who are you selecting this week to hit the most home runs? And what's the final tally? T.R.A. Jennings, three. Jeez, T.R.A.'s going to hit three in the next two yeah. games. Okay. She's going to hit um... – Dang. Are they are they having a they're not doing a double header, are they? They're not um, as of right now. I don't know if that's you know, some people think that's right. gonna happen, but right now, no. Um she's gonna hit two in the first game and then one in the final game. Just take Sunday off and only hit one? Yeah. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go with the senior. Well, one of the seniors, since it's uh senior weekend, I'm gonna take Grace Lyons. Grace Lyons will end up with three. She hit one today. She's going to hit one tomorrow, and she's going to hit one on Sunday as well in her final home regular season game at OU. Yeah. You, I'm sentimental. You just, I'm sentimental. Yeah, you're Sorry. sentimental, and you just you take the low-hanging fruit. She's I've taken the low-hanging fruit every week, and it still hasn't hit, so I haven't hit, hit this thing I yet. Know. I if you if she hadn't already hit one, you would not have picked her. And you I actually have would have. No, I was always going to go with the senior. Like Grace okay. has had an unbelievable career. Like one of the most loved players in the past twenty years. It's a sentimental pick here. Okay. Um, I am definitely picking with my heart on this one. But she's so good that it can still make me look right. Does Kansas score a run? That was my next question. They haven't so far. Um, I'll say KU scores. One run this weekend, all this weekend. One run? I think it's starting to be a thing, and they're going to really try to keep this the scoreless streak going. I, I don't think they score a run. So nine consecutive Big 12 <laughs> shutouts coming out of this weekend? Yeah, why not? Uh, I, I mean, I, I it's not like I'm that far off. I just said one, and I don't even know why I picked one. To be honest with right. you, it's just like, it, well, it's got to end at some point, right? Well, not not really, not necessarily with this pitching staff. Which, by the way, I keep telling you that Jordy's the only uh, of the three that doesn't have a sub-1 ERA. 
She mm-hmm. was at a 1.12 entering today and had five shutout innings, so she's going to be even closer to that sub-1 ERA after uh, getting there. the numbers are calculated after the start. Yeah, it's she's getting there. It's, so what, what's the top 25 looking like? I mean, you don't have to go through the whole top 25, but – Tennessee's um, really good. Um, UCLA's good. OSU's. FSU. FSU. Yeah. Florida State is playing good right now. So, yeah, okay. Florida State, Tennessee, UCLA, and Oklahoma State's kind of been there all year long, but they're not playing great right now. Okay. Um, is, who do you, is there anyone that, I guess, for, for anyone else to win the, the championship, the the World Series, they're going to have to have. Like, who are the other best pitchers in the country? Sander like, Cock anyone... at Florida State, obvi. Yeah, um, I think Florida State has two. OSU's oh. OSU's got uh, Kelly Maxwell, who's good. I mean, okay, here here's the deal. To answer your question, without going through every team and what they have, some have one really good pitcher. Some have two pretty good ones, like one elite, one the other's really good. Nobody has what, o, what OU has, three elite aces. Like, nobody right. has that. And no one has anything remotely close to it either. Right. Um, I guess I'm looking uh, – Stanford has a pitcher that's got a 0.29 ERA. Um, so, six shutouts. But Oklahoma's got – I guess Tennessee's got a really good pitcher, 0.8 ERA, 13-1. Hmm. Yeah, and you're right, Florida State does have two. They've got a, a pitcher, uh, McKenna Reed, who's 9-0 and as a starter. Shark says, Reed, what the softball ERA is for the year. It's it's sub-1 as an entire team. It's 0.8-something. Um, I, I don't know what exactly what it is after today, but Shark, it's it's really good. It's, it's under 1. Oh, Oh, that's interesting. Um, the the team's ERA, that's crazy. Under yeah. one, wow. Uh, Alyssa Brito with four, says the texture of the 918. There's your most home runs. Oh, uh, let's okay. see. Sid Sanders will have the most, says Lane in California. Last week it was all Haley Lee, who's also going through a senior weekend. Haley Lee, Haley Lee. We got about 20 people voting for Haley Lee last week. That was wrong. That was not right. But neither were our two selections either. Right. It was Sid Sanders instead. So that's that's the thing, man. It's it's really difficult because they probably had about seven or eight different hitters this year that have had the most home runs over uh, over a given weekend. It's funny. I, uh, on, I now I don't know how many pitchers have pitched, but on this site, the D one softball site. Um, it has four pitchers that have pitched for Oklahoma this year. It's funny because Jordy Ball actually has the worst ERA at 1.18. Of of all the four? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Kirsten Dill is uh, 1.09. Yeah, it hasn't thrown nearly the no, close no. to amount she's, of innings. I think, no, Jordy's actually, I think Jordy's thrown the most innings on the team this year. Do you have that yeah. in front of you? Yeah, she's got uh, she's got 24 appearances, 89 innings pitched. The next closest is uh, Storaco and Nicole May are both right there at 76 and 77. Yeah. So, so she has the worst ERA out of the four. But here's the thing, man. Like, and, and I would be comfortable with Storaco or May. Don't get me wrong; I'd feel very comfortable. 
But if I got to pick winner take all game, I'm I'm throwing Jordy right now. I think she's the yeah. hottest of the of of anyone they have. And she 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 faces the the most difficult teams like any of those those just single game games. She's going to be the starter against the best teams that they faced. Um, you know, she gets the first start, which is when everyone's going to be the most difficult whenever they're going to be trying their different stuff on you and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, Storaco did face UCLA, but Jordy here recently yeah, yeah, yeah. faced LSU on the road. She faced Florida State at home. Um, I don't know if they view her as the ace, the number one, but she's drawn the tougher assignments seemingly here recently. Her and Storaco, I guess. Yeah. And really, it's. It's the one outing where she got where she gave up a bunch of runs, right? Didn't she give up? She gave up a three-run bomb at Baylor, um, which is about a, th- a third of the amount of runs that she's given up this year. So, did but, they yeah. play Tennessee too? They uh, they did not play. I don't think they played Tennessee. Uh, who'd they play? Where they came back and won on a Washington? The, is it Washington? They, they came back against Texas. That one happened. Maybe it was Texas where um, – no, 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 no. It, went to, it was early in the year where she gave up some – I think she gave up some runs and then um, got replaced and then came back in the game, I think, later. Maybe right? you're thinking of the Washington game where uh, Nicole maybe. May was really good. But they've beaten essentially everyone in the top ten outside Tennessee, it feels like. It's crazy. Yeah. They run rolled a lot of those too. Yeah, very, very good stuff. All right. Uh, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up. Hanging out Sooner Station today. you got to come see this place. New senior living community right here at the University of North Park. Awesome amenities. All kinds of different floor plans. Really, really cool stuff going on. Come see this place. Take a tour. Really, really cool. We'll be back. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. How good does it feel to shop Lander Chevrolet of Norman? Huge savings are back good, like $5,000 off and 